We are in a series on the book of Psalms, and today we are going to walk through Psalm 34. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, pray that you would help us to see the Lord through this psalm, through David's experience of you. May we have faith to, to trust you and believe the words of this psalm. And we ask for your help, and we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The title of the, the sermon today is Learning to Anchor Our Hope in the Lord Through Every Season. Learning to Anchor Our Hope in the Lord Through Every Season. Um, just recently, my family and I were on vacation in Florida where my dad lives and my stepmom lives on the Gulf side. And the weather there is very boring and predictable. Pretty much the entire time we were there, it was 87 degrees and sunny. Day after day, just this boring sunshine, heat, and no rain. Very different than here in western Pennsylvania. Since I've been back, it's been in the 40s, it's been in the 90s, it's been high of 71 or 72, there's been storms that have ripped through, and if you live here year-round, you know that in a given week period of time, depending on the season, um, we can go through every season in a one-week period of time, particularly in April and November. Well, I want you to think about that because I, I think living in western Pennsylvania is much more true to life than living in Florida. So if you use the seasons as a metaphor, um, the seasons that we experience um, sometimes within the same week or the same month are much more true to what life is like. There are ups and downs. There are sudden changes. There are disappointments. There are unexpected sunny days. There are unexpected cold and frigid days. And sometimes they happen in rapid fire. Well, I think Psalm 34 is the right psalm to prepare us for life. So I want to read the whole psalm and then we're going to walk through it. So if you have a Bible, look at Psalm 34. And you should have a note on your Bible that says, Of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech so that he drove him out and went away. So if you want to look that up later on today or tomorrow, you can look up 1 Samuel 21. You'll get the context for this psalm. But let's, let's dig into the words. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes it, its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles." The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O oh children, 
Listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and he hears and his ears towards their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. This psalm was written by King David, and it was not theoretical in any way. This was his life experience out of a relationship with the living God. And so we're going to just kind of walk through this psalm today. And I've grouped it into a couple different points. The first is this. We must worship and praise the Lord no matter the season. We, We must worship and praise the Lord no matter the season. If it's a sunny time in our life, if it's a cold and barren and difficult time, if it's somewhere in between, we must worship and praise and bless the Lord no matter what because of who He is. He is always worthy to be praised. This is what David says in verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. No matter what you are in the middle of, the best thing you and I can do is learn to sing to the Lord, praise the Lord, bless the Lord, and trust in the Lord. No matter what season we are going through. Look at verse 2. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. This was written by King David, who if you know his life, he had many ups and downs, but he was a very successful king of Israel. He was in charge of, a, of, of Israel. He was the king that God put in place after King Saul. And yet his boast was not in his gifts and ability, but in the Lord. And so that is the right response. That we should always put our hope and our boast in the Lord, especially when things are going well. Make sure you are praising and trusting and boasting in the Lord. Then in verse 3, he does something that he he goes from from speaking in the first person to bringing us all in to this psalm. Look at verse 3. He went from, I will bless the Lord, my soul makes its boast. Oh, come on in, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. This God that David knew is the God who created heaven and earth. And through Jesus in the New Testament, we can all be brought in to knowing him, loving him, and making much of him. And so David calls us all to join in magnifying the Lord with him. 
It's one of the reasons I love Sunday mornings is because we can come together and exalt and enjoy and praise the Lord together. That's different than when we're doing it by ourselves. I mean, think of it, those of you who are sports fans, imagine going to um, Penn State and sitting in the stadium there that holds, I believe, 110,000 people and sitting, I hear you, Ian, and sitting in a chair in the stadium with no one else there while the team is playing. You're, you're cheering. Well, that's, that's nice. I mean, that, that might be meaningful if you know the person. But then you fill that stadium up with 110,000 people all doing the same thing, and the effect is very different. It brings much pleasure to the Lord when we collectively sing and praise, sing praises to Him and worship and adore Him. Second point, we must seek the Lord in every season. Sometimes we're more prone to seek the Lord in certain times. It might be times of blessing, sunny times, or it might be times of great difficulty. But that, let's say that spring and fall time of life where things are going well, there's nothing bad, there's nothing particularly good, but things are okay. We may, some of us may be more prone to, to not seek the Lord at those times. The best thing you can do and I can do is resolve to seek the Lord at all times, no matter what. Look at verse 4. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all of my fears. If you study the life of David in the Old Testament, you'll see he had many reasons to be afraid. There were many people that did not think well of King David. There were many people, particularly King Saul at times, that sought to take his life. So he had many fears. He spent nights in caves hiding from his enemies. He, he, he knew what it was like to be hated. He knew what it was like to have many fears hounding his mind as he was trying to fall asleep at night. And in that way, I think he's no different than us. All of us in this room and those watching can have fears, things that, that, that keep you up at night, that press on you, that weigh heavily on you. It may be children of all ages. It might be your grown adult children, and you just feel this weight and fear and pressure that just does not go away. It may be financial pressure. It may be the reality that every time you turn on the news or go to fill up your, your car, you just see that the numbers are just like getting higher, higher, higher. And there, there can be a real fear there. It may be relational strife. You may be afraid to, to build friendships and relationships because of past experience. Whatever it is, we want to do what David did in verse 4. I sought the Lord and he answered me. We want to seek the Lord with all our cares and all our concerns. Now look at verse 5. This may be my favorite verse in this psalm. Those who look to him are radiant. Those who look to Jesus are radiant. And their faces shall never be ashamed. Notice what it does not say. It doesn't say those who have an easy life, their faces are radiant. Those who have it all together, 
their faces are radiant. Those who have no enemies, their faces are radiant. It doesn't say any of that. It says those who look to the Lord. One of the things I love as a Christian is being around Christians that are much older than me, that have spent many, many, many more years with Jesus. And those that I know well, it's even more encouraging because I know some of their difficulties, some of their challenges, some of their just heart-wrenching issues that they've had to walk through. And yet, they have sought the Lord and their face is radiant because of it. There are many in this church that are like that. There are many in this community that are like that. That their faces are radiant. Their hearts are joyful not because of their life experience, but because of their relationship with the living God. That's what we need to do, is keep seeking after the Lord. Look at verse 6. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. This poor man cried. The Lord heard him. It's a simple prayer. Lord, I need help. Lord, I'm stuck. Lord, this is painful. Lord, this is difficult. The Lord hears your prayers. Now look at verse 7. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. The angel of the Lord. So God will protect. God will watch over his kids, his children. God surrounds. We get this glimpse of this incredible reality in 2 Kings Verses, uh, chapter 6, verses 15 through 17. And it, it centers around um, the prophet Elisha. It says, When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. So this servant, this guy, sees all these armies with horses and chariots, and he thinks, it's over. We're, we're done. We're going to be destroyed. And the servant said, at last, my master, what shall we do? He said, do not be afraid for those who are with us or more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, oh, Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the prophet prays. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. In other words, the Lord's army was far greater than any army that man can come up with. So we need to seek the Lord. And as you seek the Lord, He will watch over you. Then verse 8. I said that other one was my favorite. I think this is my favorite. That was my second favorite. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Probably one of my biggest burdens as a dad, as a pastor, as a Christian, is that when, when people hear about Jesus, they hear about the Bible, that it wouldn't be this dead religion or rules and regulation, but it would be a personal experience and relationship with the living God through faith in Jesus Christ. That's very different than a lot of people think Christianity is all about. Christianity is about having a personal relationship with the living God 
through Jesus Christ. And so we can taste and we can see and we can experience the God who made heaven and earth. And King David is calling us, oh, taste and see, keep going back to him. As pastor, we often encourage you guys to read your Bibles. I want you to think about reading your Bible like going to your favorite food buffet. It's to have a feast, an encounter with the Lord. It's not a checklist. It's not something to gain God's approval. God approves of you because His Son was perfect and you've trusted in Him. It's so that you can taste and see and know in greater depth the God who loves you. Know what He's like. Know how much He is for you. Know, know how much He delights over you. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him who goes to the Lord for safety and satisfaction. Go to the living God. Oh, fear, this is verse 9. Oh, fear the Lord, you saints, for those who fear him have no lack. God is your Father if you are a Christian. Go to him with all your needs, and he'll determine what's legit needs and what's desires. And then he'll sort it out, but you will have no legitimate lack as a child of God. Verse 10 says, The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good things. The pinnacle of the animal kingdom at its prime can be hungry. Not so with God's people. God will provide and care for his people. Point number three, we must live for the Lord in every season. Look at verses 11 through 14. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord, this reverent relationship with the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? In other words, that, that's a good desire. Ecclesiastes speaks a lot about it. Verse 13, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Put a guard on your mouth by the grace of God. Verse 14, turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. So if we have a personal relationship with the Lord and God's Holy Spirit lives inside of us, that should affect how we live. We should be different. It's not that we should just not do certain things, but we should do certain good things as well by the power of the Holy Spirit. He will free us and change us from the inside out. One of my appeals is that when life gets difficult, I have noticed at times that Christians have a tendency to go to other things rather than the Lord. And then they, they, they realize that those other things don't, don't actually solve the problem at all, and then they eventually go to the Lord. Let me give you a, a shortcut. Go right to the Lord. You don't have to take the long way around, and He will satisfy you. He is your refuge, and no matter young or old, new in the faith, or been walking for a long time, keep going back to your Father. Last point, we must remember that the Lord is our keeper through every season. 
It's one of the advantages of knowing the Lord for a number of years. So I, I met the Lord in 1996. I've been a Christian since then. So this will be going on 27 years this January. And just recently, last Saturday, we had a, a graduation party for my daughter, Lily, who just graduated high school. And we held it at Blue Spruce Park, which happened to be the exact same pavilion that Mary and I had our wedding reception 23 years ago. And what was kind of surreal is just knowing all of life that has happened in that 23-year period of time and how faithful and kind the Lord has been. It was, just, it was just an incredible, just little snapshot. Like It felt like we were just there like last week, and all of a sudden I have gray hair and my back hurts a lot and all those kind of things. But what is, what is remarkable is the Lord was true to his word. I remember reading and opening this Bible for the first time as an 18 and 19 year old and believing the words that were in it. And now, 20, almost 27 years later, oh no, he actually keeps his word. He does what he says he will do. You can trust him. Look at verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears are toward their cry. Raise your hand if you've been to Idlewild Soak Zone with children, grandchildren or children. So a number of you. So depending, when they're really little, it can be a little nerve-wracking. And there are just, you know, a hot sunny day at Idlewild in the Soak Zone, it's just kids running everywhere. And, and I remember when our kids were young, just locking in like, okay, I only need to be aware of three children here. There's hundreds here, but I, I actually, there's only three that I need to be aware of. And, and that's kind of like how the Lord sees us. He knows his kids. He knows our voices. He hears our cries. So just like when my kids were younger and we're at the soak zone and kids are crying, kids are yelling, I only had to lock in on certain voices. And those voices I knew well. It's the same with you and the Lord. When you cry to him, he hones in on your cry because he purchased you to be in his family. He loves you so deeply and dearly so you can call out to him and his ears are tuned to your cry. Verses 16 and 17, the face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. So God is holy. It's, 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 it's a big deal to reject him. And if you have not trusted in Jesus. You are in danger. And the appeal to you is to cry out to Jesus. And he will save you. He will rescue you. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. Every Christian is among the righteous because of the righteousness of Christ. Verse 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. I want you to hear this and believe this, especially if you are in the dead of winter spiritually. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Maybe because of ongoing circumstances or very acute and sudden unexpected circumstances, you are just crushed. You are broken. 
You can barely lift your head to the Lord. You can barely open this book. You don't even know what to pray. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He saves. He makes whole. He restores the crushed in spirit. Keep going to Him. And part of being in a church is to have others. When we can't pray, when we can't move towards the Lord, would you please pray for me? Would you please remind me of what I know? Please keep praying and encouraging. And that's what the church is to be like. Verse 19, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. If you have recently trusted in Jesus, I want to prepare you. Life will be very difficult at times. It's a broken world. It's a fallen world. But the Lord will be faithful. Jesus is trustworthy. He's the good shepherd. So as life gets hard, you can trust him. Listen to what Jesus said. I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. You will have difficulty. But take heart. I have overcome the world. So if you're with Jesus, keep trusting him. He will, he will see you through the darkest valleys, the most confusing times. Just keep your eyes on him. And even when you lose sight, he will reach out and he will grab you, hold you, protect you, make sure that you make it to heaven with him forever. Last three verses. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. So this was, I believe, David's personal experience. But, it, but some commentators believe this is also a kind of a, a future prophecy from the Psalms of our Lord himself who died in our place. Verse 21, affliction will slay the wicked. Those who hate the righteous will be condemned. In other words, God is just. And there will be justice for those who harm God's people and those who do evil in our world. And we entrust them to the Lord who is holy. And then lastly, the Lord redeems the life of His servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. And we get to look at that verse 22 through the lens of the New Testament and we know we will never be punished for our sins if we have trusted in Jesus Christ because he was condemned in our place. Let's all stand, pray, and if the band could come up. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for all the truths in this psalm. Lord, would you Give us faith to believe them. Holy Spirit, would you fill us freshly with your Spirit? And no matter the season that we're in, may we have faith to trust in your character and your promises. Lord, we, we want to be a church that, that brings glory to you. We ask for your help and we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.